The following podcast is a Dear Media production. This episode of That's So Retrograde is brought to you by our favorite curators of coffees, teas, etc. With mushrooms in them. For Sigmatic. Yes, we love them. They provide us with so many wonderful morning libations and an elevated experience of coffee drinking. And if that sounds intriguing to you, you can head over to foursigmatic.com slash TSR, use promo code TSR, and get 15% off your purchase. So namaste shrooming, you guys. Please do. Welcome to That's So Retrograde. Hello, everyone. It's a bonus episode. Pew, pew, pew. We're trying something. No sound machine was a major fucking oversight. There's so much to talk about. We're adding in bonus episodes throughout the month. Yep. Are you here for it? I mean, this girl over here is. We're both here for it. (laughs) I don't know if we have an option. Yeah. But hey, everything's a choice and we choose to do this show. More content. With open hearts Mm -hmm. and excitement. Mm Mm-hmm. And I'm here for the bonus episode. Me too. So today we have a guest who we met via mutual interest on the internet. I think so. Um, And she was lovely enough to have us on her show two times. And so we thought, you know what? Even though you don't live here, we normally don't do interviews via Skype. It's a first Skype. We now have those capabilities. And so we're trying stuff. Technology, guys. It's a thing. I think because we have had multiple technological interactions with this lovely human, we were able to get into a cool conversation. We thought, what a good jump off. Author, podcaster, journaler. Journaler. Katie Dalebout, author of Let It Out. Book of the Week. Yep. And I believe that's also the name of her podcast. I believe so. And she's also uh, just structured a journaling co- how to podcast course. Yeah. So she's just a mover and a shaker in the space. We love it. In the space. <laughs> that's normally a very Elizabeth way to describe things, but I'm moving through it. Yeah. How did it feel? Honestly, I felt like a real pro. I wasn't even going to comment on it until you brought it into the forefront of of this dialogue and i'm happy about it amazing like it made me feel like an entrepreneur you know what i'm happy about what omega-3s oh did you like that ad segue what a great segue just pro over here Do you know what though i actually truly am very happy about omega-3s because we're so blessed to be living in a time where we have access to information about what we should be taking that makes our lives better and in this case makes our brain function more clearly gives us cardiovascular health is anti-inflammatory i mean those are all things that we need Desperately. The list goes on. The brand that we're into, it's called Omax 3. Mm-hmm. And the product itself is Omax 3 Ultra Pure. And we've got a free box for you all. So what's cool about Omax is that it's like the purest omega-3s on the market. No fillers, no bullshit. Gonna go straight to your head. No fish burps. No fish burps. Importante. <laughs> People aren't talking about fish burps enough. But we're here to, to squash that and yeah. really... Bring it to the forefront. Yeah. So what's the offer? So it's a free box. Oh. NBD. Whoa, that's major. If you head over to tryomax, that's T-R-Y-O-M-A-X dot com slash retrograde, mm-hmm. there's no code. You just get a free box. That's and then 
choose your own adventure from there. See, that's the thing I love about it. It's so great. You're going to feel the effects very shortly after using them. They're going to speak for yourself for themselves and then you're going to want to order more boxes and you know what i'm excited about what just that we continuously are getting to work with brands that we actually use that mm-hmm. we love yep. that we get to we'd be talking about it anyway yep. and we also get support for the show in the process yeah so namaste with that <laughs> shall we get to the interview uh yes please so it's the first of its kind mm-hmm. we're skyping in yeah let us know what you think get out your journals guys because you're going to have a lot to write Take about note <laughs> We've got a good one today, don't we, Stephanie Sambari? Oh, I know it's serious when you address me by my first and first last name. and last. Wow, are you? am I in trouble? No. Okay. <laughs> Just a serious topic we're covering. No, it's not that serious, but crucial, mm-hmm. let's say. This is a conversation with someone who've, who's uh, graciously had us on her podcast twice. Once? Once, and then what was the second we thing? did a... Uh, contributed to the workshop that we'll get into yes. a little bit later. See, this is why this is why we work together Tandem because people. we both sometimes don't know stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so true. Most of the time. Today we have Katie Dale Bout, who is an author, a podcaster, and an overall light. Let's mm-hmm. welcome her to the show. Katie, hello. You're coming to us from New York City. This is the first ever not in person. That's a retrograde that made it to air. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I'm honored. Thank you guys so much for having me. This is a delight. <laughs> the delight is mutual, my friend. It is. Um, you're an OG podcaster. You began yeah. way back when in 2013. Is that correct? That's correct. Believe it or not, I barely knew what a podcast was, and neither did anyone. Uh, <laughs> I still don't. So yeah. if anyone could enlighten yeah. me, that would be great. What did we realize? It was just people figuring things out yeah, with a mic night, in front of their face. Last night we were at a dinner party, and someone was like, "So, like, what is a podcast? What is your podcast?" And we we're like, uh, "You can just tune in to hear us work shit out. I guess <laughs> just we're, figuring things out out loud. Really. Yeah, <laughs> is that of interest to you? Subscribe. Yeah, it's." <laughs> It's funny because I can say this on this. This is kind of mean and maybe controversial, but I can say this on a podcast because everyone listening obviously listens to podcasts. But my boyfriend said to me one of like the first times we hung out, he like offhandedly was like, I don't trust people who don't listen to podcasts. And it's kind of of true and kind of also kind of mean. But also I think people who listen to podcasts get it and then people who don't like really are just like unclear about what the whole thing is how it gets on your phone like whatever and I was that for a while myself and I guess I've just been at this so long that now to me I just kind of like assume everyone listens to podcasts I feel like that's a really good litmus test for if someone's legit or not I agree (laughs) yeah like do you listen to podcasts if not why yeah. yeah. What, what else? Do you, what are you listening are you, to music? Are you serious XMing over there? What's happening? Um, what are you doing with your time? Exactly. Well, we know one thing that you're doing with your time, and that is journaling. You're like the go-to uh, authority on how to let it out, which is the title of your book, Let It Out, A, journal through, a Journey Through Journaling. Ooh. Ooh. Which I just love so much because I'm a huge fan of journaling. I've been doing it pretty much my entire life. And so I'm so happy that you're a crusader for such an important practice. And before we get into the practice, I have a very important question. What do you do with your journals that you like your 
all written in journals. Do you hold on to them? Do you burn them? What's what's your thought on that? <laughs> do, you, do you burn them? You burn them. Yeah, I got that question. So I always say it's thank you guys for saying such nice things. I always say that I'm not an expert on journaling. I'm just a cheerleader for journaling because it's been so cathartic and helpful for me. And when I when the book came out, I was doing a lot of interviews around that time in 2016. And the first question that people always asked was what you asked, Elizabeth. And this is what I say. So at first, I, I just gave my response, which was, you know, for me, I am a minimalist of sorts. I, I also live in New York in a small space, so I don't like having a lot of things around. And I ha- do this so much that I... I'm like the opposite of a hoarder and like kind of in the other direction where I like throw things away so quickly that I have to buy them again. (laughs) And so with that, I tend to err on the side of getting rid of my journal. So I'll have these journals and I'll, I'll go through them if I'm doing a practice like morning pages or if I'm doing a lot of writing and I finish a journal, I'll kind of go back through it, mine it for any gems, any ideas or conversations I want to have with people, something I want to take to my therapist, something I want to follow up on. And I'll rip that out or I'll write that down on my computer and my phone. And then I'll just dispose of whatever else is there. And I just trust that no one's going to find it. And and if they do, they won't know it was me and it will be fine. And I just, I'm not really in my head about that. But again, I got that question so often when I was talking about the book a lot. And I realized that not everyone has my temperament. A Mm -hmm. lot of people like to hold on to things and they like to be able to look back through them later or years later to see their trajectory and how far they've come. And I keep some journals so I can do that. I just write so often that I I fill them up. And so I don't want to have a lot of them. Right. So I understand that. And then another big thing that I found from people, the more people I talked about this and the more people I was advising about journaling was that a lot of people have a lot of fear around writing and people finding it or Mm. writing in the way that I talk about, which, you know, being so authentic and so raw and so vulnerable that you would with only a best friend or only a therapist where you're admitting to yourself things that are maybe dark, things that are maybe scary to admit or say out loud or maybe embarrassing. And then they don't want to write those because they're afraid that people will find them. So then they start hiding in their writing, which kind of defeats the whole purpose of journaling, right? So then I say, you know, okay, that's fine. Maybe you burn them after you're done or you keep them in a safe spot or you do it on your computer and you password protect it. Basically do whatever you feel will make it so you can be as vulnerable and authentic as possible in what you're writing. Because if you're not, that's fine, but it's not really journaling. Then you're just like writing an email or a blog post. Right. It's yeah. so funny that you're saying that I always tell people if I die, burn my journals. Don't because I keep all of them like, yeah, because I have I mean, I have a secret project planned for myself for that. But that is like my number one, like back in my mind fear that like I'm going to drop dead and the people are going to go through my journals and be like, oh, no, oh no, (laughs) dark times, weird stories. Sorry about all those guys well, you dated. Means that you're, it means that you're a great journaler because you're actually like getting Surely benefit out of this, which is, you know, you're being real because like that's why I started journaling was because, you know, I was going through something challenging and I felt like in my entire life I wasn't being real with anyone, mm. even my therapist, because I wanted 
to be liked, right? Like I wanted mm-hmm. them to like me on some level, being a people pleaser. And in my journal, it was the first time I was able to take off all these masks and actually be myself and figure out who I was. And that was so scary because then I had to face it. I had to look at it. And, you know, that part was terrifying. But then sharing that with someone was really terrifying. And I wasn't ready to do that. So I can see how someone the fear of someone finding a journal or someone reading that would be terrifying because it's something you're barely able to admit to yourself. You're, you know, much less to someone else. So it's a, it's a real fear. I remember I once had a boyfriend read one of my journals. So disrespectful without asking, without asking. Oh, drama. Yes. So much drama. And he like presented it to me and, and confronted me about it. And I was like, I mean, I like mean that stuff, but I don't mean that stuff. Like this is where I go to like work it out and talk myself in a circle until I understand what's going on. (laughs) And he just like couldn't get past it. It's not really fair. Yeah. I have a question. I'm like tapping into that authenticity and like bringing it to the page. Like Katie, what are your tips for channeling that? Because I find sometimes when I start writing, it can be very surface and then I'm Mm -hmm. not really getting the cathartic effects from it. Yeah. So this is actually funny. I, Elizabeth, you'll appreciate this. So when the book came out, I went on local news in our mutual home state of Michigan. Michigan. Hello. (laughs) Detroit. And the question I had, you know, when it's local news, it's like two seconds. Which channel was it? I did all of them. I think this was channel seven though. Nice. ABC. ABC. Shout out. And they gave me this question. They were like, so I don't think they had read my book. I don't think they knew what journaling was. Like, I think they were just like, local girl makes good. Like they had no <laughs> But the question they asked me was actually a really good one. And I had no idea how to answer it, but something just like flowed out of me because it had to like adrenaline. And anyway, they asked me, what's the difference between writing a diary and a journal? And I made something up, but I actually think it was kind of good. So I think of diary writing as writing down what happened. Like, this is what he said to me. This is, you know, what happened, you know, giving a play by play. Whereas journaling, I feel like that is how I feel about what happened. Mm. Right. So I think the ways that I think people can make journaling is something that, like I said, for all of us has been cathartic, has been helpful and just a useful tool. But for a lot of people, and this was the case for me, like I didn't grow up writing. I didn't think of myself as a writer. I didn't think I had anything to say, but this type of writing is innate to us. You know, if you can write a text message, you can journal. If you can write an email, you can journal. It's simply writing how we speak. It's essentially talking to ourselves. It's talking to our inner guide or our intuition and actually having a dialogue with all of these different voices in our heads. So there's this system of psychology that a doctor, I don't remember his name, um, came up with called internal family systems. And he was working with people who had eating disorders and he would work with them as a family unit. And he would say like, can the mother leave the room for a second? And he would just work with the the dad and the kid and then someone else would leave. And, and he decided to take that practice on one person, right? So not in like a pathological way or like someone who has psychosis, but 
all of us have different voices in our minds, right? Like we have Mm -hmm. our inner parent and we have our inner child and we have, you know, like the director of finance and we have like the person who's really creative and they're all within us. But he said that when he really tapped into like something that felt like them, they, it was always good. It was always calm. It was always real. And so like that voice is always within us. So I think of journaling as really a way to have a dialogue with that part of you, that part of you that's good, the soul, the essence, whatever. And it skims the pond. So by letting out the thoughts in your mind, you're able to kind of skim the pond scum off the top of the pond and get to the clear thought forms, the clear water underneath all of that. So the biggest tip I have is like, first of all, we already talked about it. Be real, be authentic, say actually what you're feeling and don't hide, you know, not really saying, not saying what you think someone would think if they're reading it, because that's a different thing. And then also what, what I struggle with sometimes and what I I know people struggle with and talk about this in the book, not writing for your future self to find it, right? Like not writing for like, Oh, what am I going to think about this in a month and two years? And you know, when I'm dead, like when people find this, but like actually getting out what you need to get out that day without processing it. So that's really important. And then the other thing is I think if you ask yourself a good question, you'll get a good answer. So that's my next tip. Like right. when you ask a good question that's open-ended about how you're feeling about something, like you can still do the diary aspect of this is what happened, but then go deeper of how do you feel about what happened? And I think that's, you know, the biggest thing is like not judging yourself, being authentic and asking an open-ended question about how you're feeling. And then you can kind of sort through things and sort through those voices and decide which one you want to listen to in this moment and which one is maybe holding you back or blocking you. I love that because I find that sometimes you can write for for pages and then realize that you've not been being honest. And I think Mm -hmm. most people have a hard time, and myself included, even as someone who does this, have a hard time dropping into that that authentic space because you're just not used to communicating from that place. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it takes time. And I even find and I am I wonder I'm curious if you, if you guys have done this or maybe with morning pages, if there's a tool in my book, that's like my take on morning pages called the morning dump, which like sounds like poop, but it's really like dumping. Honestly, the they're both great to do in the morning if you ask us. Yeah. Depends yeah. on how much time you have. <laughs> Writing and pooping. <laughs> yeah. Maybe at the same time. Move over <laughs> magazines. Ooh, I um, love that. Hot tip. Yeah. And then you can like flush it right down the toilet with your poo-poo. Oh. (laughs) You don't have to worry about anyone finding it. Fair. Um, But anyway, I was just saying like with that, like I feel like sometimes for me, I find I self-soothe as I go down the page. Like it might start off as, you know, everything is horrible. And then by the end, I'm like, well, this is what I'm going to do about it. And today is better. Totally. Because – you you know you can only kind of sit in your own shit for so long until you know you want to get out of it mm-hmm. and i think journaling forces you to look at it and then hopefully find a solution or maybe not a solution but at least a way to feel better or a way to cope yeah and your book has a lot of fun prompts and different sectors of ourselves that we can explore on the page and and really helping that but let's say um hypothetically asking for a friend for a friend someone who's like dipped in and out of journaling understands the importance of it in their life 
really is on board with it, but like maybe has fallen off the wagon. Can you prescribe a great writing prompt to maybe like get one back on track? Yes. Yes. Like I said, asking a good question, you'll likely get a good answer. So what I mean by that is when you ask and my book is essentially 55 good questions, you know, they're more directed and I say it's like a scavenger hunt for your mind and they're in the different areas. Like you said, everything from like finance to your body and whatever, but really all you need is this, like you can, the book is fine, but really if you ask yourself a question that's pointed in a negative direction, like why is everything so terrible? Your brain will come up with a million reasons to tell you why it's so terrible. But if you ask a different question, like how can things improve, you'll get a totally different answer. So a question that I really like to ask myself, and you can even do this without writing. You can just do like, I've done this in the back of a cab when like, I'm, I'm anxious. Um, and it's this, what would this would, what would it feel like if this were easy? Mm. And I think that that's a great question because it kind of allows your brain to calm down enough to think about, you know, automatically you're thinking about it being hard, right? Like automatically your mind goes, mind does. <laughs> Maybe that's, hopefully so that's not by this, one. do you mean the act of writing or whatever you're facing is the challenge for the Whatever day? you're facing in your life. So let's say whatever the issue is, like maybe it's a relationship thing or a career thing or like something, you know, in the moment happened that makes, makes you feel anxiety or makes you feel sad or um, worried or whatever it is what would this feel like if it were easy? What would this be like if it were easy? And just let yourself free write on that. And it might be really imaginary. It might be actual actual ways you can solve or ways you can like shift to take things in a different direction that would be cathartic for you. It might be, it would be easier if I could talk to someone and then you might be like, okay, I can take this to my therapist. And then I, I don't know about you, but like I love going into therapy with like, this is actually where I'm at because sometimes I can go in and, or, you know, to whatever practice you're doing and have no clue. Even I don't really know what I'm thinking unless I'm writing. And mm-hmm. this allows me to have enough self-awareness to take it to another practice. So I think that's a great question of, you know, what would this feel like if it were easy? And then also just simply asking yourself the question. I know this sounds maybe kind of redundant or silly and, and overly simplistic, but simply asking, how are you feeling? And just letting yourself rewrite on that for 10 minutes, 20 minutes, five minutes. It's surprising how cathartic just that simple question can be because we go through life, you know, Hey, how are you? I'm good. Whatever. Things are good. I'm really busy, whatever. But you don't really ask yourself that or like let yourself really go there and stop and think about it. And and that can be a helpful one too. Interesting. And I know with like morning pages, for instance, they say three pages nonstop. For me, I've always made sure I've had the right size paper for that because I did it with a legal notebook once and like almost went crazy. So do you have um, like a specific amount, uh, like a page length or amount of time that you think really is the sweet spot for how long one should journal each day? Or is it like get down whatever you need to get down and move on with it? Yeah. I, well, I say in the book that there's two kinds of journalers. There's the SOS journaler and the maintenance journaler. So the SOS journaler is actually more what I am. And that's someone who 
doesn't journal regularly, but journals when I feel pregnant with something I need to process. Like it's like, oh, this, I need to figure out how I feel about this. So that's one type of journaler. And the maintenance journaler is someone who does it a little bit each day. And sometimes I go through phases of that, but that's not something I do super consistently all the time. And what I think about like putting parameters on it is like, as you guys know, I love wellness as much as the next guy, but there are so many shoulds, you know, like the warm water with lemon and dry brushing and blah, 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 blah. And I'd never want to add another should to people's plates. So what I say is do it when you can do it in the morning, do it at night, do it for 20 minutes, do it for five minutes. Sometimes I journal on my phone while I'm on a hike or in the back of an Uber and feeling nauseous, (laughs) or I'll do it on my computer for a few minutes when I just can't seem to get started. One of my favorite things to do lately is I've been working from a coffee shop. I'll just start, I'll open a new word doc and I'll just start writing things I appreciate and like gratitude, I guess, but I'll really go into it. And then when I get a little ping of, Hey, I should send that email. Then I send the email or then I do the thing, but I, and then I go back to my little gratitude thing I'm writing on. And that seems to feel really nice. So I think you can do it for any amount of time. You can do it for any amount of pages in my book. There's, you know, kind of parameters if people are people who like parameters, but for the most part, I think you can give yourself the parameters that work for you. If it's, if it's saying, you know, I'm going to do it for 20 minutes every morning for 30 days, Mm -hmm. I've gone through practices of doing that. And that's really beautiful. Or I love also love doing it at night. Just, I think find what works for you and, and then mold it to your life because everyone's lives are so different. I don't find that. And I did a lot of research for the book too. And I, there's no studies that say like a certain amount of time or a certain amount of, um, pages. pages. It's just consistently doing it occasionally over time. That's really like the only thing that's proven to be cathartic. The book is so amazing. I mean, there, how many tools are in here? Over 50 tools. 55. Have you, is this something that you completely created or you wove together through different practices that were working for you? Because it's really unbelievable and so impressive. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Yeah. They're all things that I created. So the reason I came up with writing the book and, and doing, coming up with all 55 tools was because I, like I said, I was going through something. I was really young. I had just graduated from college and no one told me to journal, but I was reading so much self-help and I was like, I had read all of the things I had watched all of the YouTube. I had done everything and I still felt horrible. Mm -hmm. And I wandered, I had a gift certificate and I wandered out of the self-help section into the stationary section. And I picked up a journal and used the gift card on that and just started writing and it was so cathartic for me. So then eventually a couple of years later, whenever a friend would have like a relationship thing or a career thing or a body thing, I would start to, you know, kind of embarrassingly be like, you know, have you tried journaling on that? Like, I know it's kind of weird, but it helps me. (laughs) And everyone was so resistant to it. Like they were like, Oh, I'm not a writer. I hate writing. I don't like writing essays. Like, and I'm like, no, 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 trust me. Like it's kind of weird, but it helps. And they still were so resistant to do it. So I started to make them individualized prompts for whatever they were going through. So I would make all these questions, like answer this question and then take that answer and then go here and do this and this and this. And it really got into these deep pockets of their mind where I was able to kind of go to places that 
they wouldn't necessarily go on their own, just kind of like a therapist would. Yeah. And, and that's how this book came to be. You know, it was tools that I needed. Like I, I, the dedication in the book is like for my podcast listeners, I was like, I wrote this for you. And then I like crossed it off and I was like, actually I wrote it for me because it really is all the tools that worked for me and my friends, but mostly me. Like if I, when I, the year I was writing the book, whenever I had something I was going through, I would like jot it down in my phone. I was going through a breakup that year. So there's a lot of breakup tools. There's a lot of body image tools, but there's also tools on finances. And it was basically, I would take anything that I was learning, any concept I was learning that was helpful to me. And I distilled it into a journaling exercise or a journaling tool or anything that my friends were going through. And they're actually, Steph, there were like, I think there were 78 tools. Oh my God. And my editor cut it way down. So they really are the best of the best. And I had like a deleted tracks album that I gave out like when the book was coming out. That's amazing. Um, of some of those other ones. But, but yeah, the, believe it or not, there were. Have you ever there. thought of doing like, it, I mean, I know you're not a licensed therapist, but I really do feel like you could have something with that where you're where you're doing like journaling therapy as like a larger workshop or something along those lines, because just also the idea of doing it with other people, I think, takes away the fear for anyone that would be apprehensive. Yes, I agree. And that's a, I that I haven't done it really one on one, like in that sort of aspect, because like you said, I'm not I'm not a therapist. I'm not like licensed in that way. But I have been teaching a lot of especially since I moved to New York, a lot of, and, and before that I was traveling and doing this creative writing workshops yeah. and workshops about this. And that has been the coolest thing that I've done. And I, you know, I have, if, when people, depending on when people are listening to this, if they're in New York, I'm doing one at the Alchemist kitchen and I'm doing one at, um, Maha Rose and the summer. And I have them kind of all over the city because like you said, it really is, great, like any practice, like if you go to a guided meditation thing, or if you go to a Kundalini thing, and then like, it's much better to do that with a bunch of people. And then you can take it home and do it on your own. But I think it, there, it, there is something powerful about being in the room with other people doing it. And you can ask questions and I'm there to kind of guide things. And yeah, it's, it's one of my favorite things to do. It's just so cool. I'm, I obviously have the book and I've looked at it and perused it but now I'm like wait I should use this <laughs> there's use tools in here <laughs> so out of curiosity I'm sure that you use journaling a lot for manifestation ooh buzzword buzzword, buzzword. Um, <laughs> two part question one what are your tips for manifesting whilst journaling whilst also what are your tips for using the word whilst yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I have zero tips for using the word whilst. <laughs> However, I would like to start using it. Okay, so take it. It's all yours. It's all yours. Yeah. Please, it makes me sound English and cool. So we all know that British people are smarter. All I'm trying to right. All I'm trying to. <laughs> I'm trying, that's what I'm currently trying to manifest. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out how to use whilst in a sentence whilst we speak, but I don't. Think that's <laughs> I think you just um, did it. Well, okay. So manifestation, I, again, buzzword, something that we love. I know you guys have had Lacey Phillips on the podcast and I've had her on my podcast as well. Big fans. There's a lot of people talking about this. And I think the way that journaling comes into play, 
for me is is a couple ways. So in the book, there's there's tools to manifest. And that was like the book came out in 2016 and I wrote it a year before that. So that was kind of before it was even the, the buzzword that it is now. But what I think the best thing for me about journaling is that it cements things in a way that just having a thought in my meditation or a ping might not like that might be fleeting that might come and go. But when I write something down, I tend to remember it better. Just like how we take notes, you know, people, I just heard on fresh air with, um, with Terry gross this week, I forget even, it was like a linguist talking about if cursive is going to go away or not. And they were saying that or teaching cursive in schools. Mm. And they were saying that they still find that students in college classrooms don't use their laptops to take notes, even though they can obviously type a lot faster than they can write, but they write because it helps them remember faster and process things. And I think it's the same thing with journaling. I think there's something about that hand to paper motion that really cements things in your mind. So whether it's the one of the tools that's my favorite in the book is a new moon manifestation tool. And as you guys know, and I'm sure many of your listeners know, manifestation is the strongest around the new moon. So there's a tool in the book about that that kind of guides you through a process. And there's something about putting it onto the paper, not just so you see it or even look at it. It's not really about that. It's just the physical movement of doing that. So I think that's one way it can help Mm -hmm. and with goal setting. But I think the biggest way that journaling helps with manifestation is because of clarity and the clear I am. And I, I wonder if this is the case for you guys too, the better manifester I am. And the more authentic I am, the clearer I am. And I think manifestation is about being our most real, authentic version of ourselves and then calling in, so to speak, whatever is for our highest good, but also for the highest good of of everyone. And like I said before, I don't really know what that is as well. I don't really have as deep of self-awareness unless I'm getting quiet, right? Mm. So meditation Mm. definitely helps with that. But journaling, I find I was really struggling to meditate before I was journaling. And still to this day, I do TM, but I have to journal or if I don't journal, I have to at least write my list for the day before I sit down to meditate because if I don't, I'll just be thinking that those thoughts will be so pervasive of like, I need to text that person. I don't want to forget That's that. That's a you good know? tip. Yeah. So Second, I think journaling a bit to clear the pond scum so then you can like meditate deeper is helpful. That's great. Um, second part of the question, what are you currently manifesting? Because we've realized recently that people have, guests have said things on the show and then they tend to manifest themselves. We just <gasps> ran into Ashley Neese who an amazing breathwork coach uh, who, when she was on the show, was talking about how she was manifesting a baby with her partner and about a month and a half later. Oh, my God. She called her spirit baby. Yeah, we talked about the spirit baby. And then we saw her today and she's like, fully showing and it was I had tears in my eyes it was amazing <laughs> I walked oh, up so you were crying I was like what's so going on so we've got um a magic show which obviously <gasps> we all know that um so if you yeah. want to just like say it here 
Oh my god, I feel like I'm blowing out my candles on my birthday, and I'm like, oh, what do I wish for? It's like a genie. This is like it's a once in a lifetime just like opportunity. that. We're like Robin Williams in Aladdin, basically. Yeah. Oh, oh my, my god. Gosh. Never had a friend. Never had a friend. Never had a wow. friend. You ain't never had a <laughs> friend like that's so retrograde. Exactly. I feel like I need a, a drum roll for this. This is so exciting. I just Thank sung you, you the song from Aladdin. Okay, what else do, do you want? That'll, that'll do. Um, man, well, I'm, I'm like I was telling you guys, I think maybe before we were recording, I'm in a big phase of transition. I'm I did all of this while having whilst. Oh, perfect. Whilst. There you go. Yeah. Ding, ding, ding. Ding, ding, ding. Call back um, while having this full time job. And I recently gave my notice and I'm going to be full time manifesting, I guess. Full time. Yes. Which is, yes, which is exciting and scary all at the same time. But I'm currently relaunching the well, I'm not really, I'm building a website and I'm, this is the first time I'm, I'm talking about this, but it, I'm making a magazine. So I'm making a, fun. Um, yeah, I'm making an online magazine called let it out. And it's going to be, this is literally the first time I've said this out loud to TSR someone who isn't like my boyfriend exclusive. or my best friend. Yeah. Exclusive. So yes, this is, um, yeah, it's not going to be coming for a couple months. I've been working on it, but it will be, it will have physical elements like a zine and it will also have live events hopefully. And I hope you guys will be part of all of this, but that's, that's what I'm working on. And that's what I'm so excited about. And I'm also manifesting a second podcast myself, which I'm really excited about too. Yeah. I love a zine. I love an online. I mean, can't wait for all of that. It's funny. I feel like all of us at this table and on Skype had secret little baby dreams of having our own magazine. That's like Elizabeth and I talk about that all the time. (laughs) So it's really cool that you're doing it. That's incredible. And something else you're doing that we want to give love to is the Let a Podcast Out workshop that we were really honored to be a part of talk to us a little bit about the inspiration for that and you know where people can find it and all that fun stuff yes thank you so much so this winter I basically went into hibernation and worked so hard on this course and I say that because I wrote my book and it was so easy and I loved it and it was what no one's ever said that about writing a book you're amazing yeah that was easy but this course was so not it was like so the opposite it was just it wasn't that it was I'm so happy with it and I'm so proud of it but I just put so much into it and because I'd never sold anything before on my what like my book I don't sell like the publisher did like I never had to do that and this I was going to have to ask people to buy something and I just couldn't do that without it looking perfect and being perfect and having all the right contributors to it like you guys and so anyway what I did was because I was getting and I'm sure you guys have experienced this too with the rise of podcasting and popularity which is great is so many people were emailing me like, how do I start a podcast? What did you do? How did you get started? Blah, blah, blah. And I started pretty early. I started my podcast in 2013, pre-serial, pre when a lot of people even knew what podcasts were. And it's the greatest thing that I've ever done. You know, I think podcasting is the new networking. I've gotten to meet so many great people through people who listen to the podcast, people who have been guests. And I want to have as many more people in this medium as possible. It's better for everyone 
the more people come in. And so what I did was I worked with an audio engineer and I recorded eight modules, everything from coming up with a concept and naming your podcast to interviewing, to getting it onto iTunes and the technology. And then at the end, working with sponsors and brands. And then that also comes with worksheets and the exact email templates I use to reach out to guests and sponsors and Excel trackers to track all this stuff. Because as you guys know, it's actually quite a lot of work. And then that's oh, yeah, the it best is. part. Yeah, that's like the worst part of the course. The best part is that I interviewed 12 other podcasters, including you guys. And you guys know this and you can speak for this. But in those interviews, like we really I asked all of the questions like I had you guys fully open up the kimono and be like, how do you do this? How did you do that? How did you get this person? Yeah, we really flashed our lady bits. Yeah, like you guys. And I really appreciated that about you guys. And everyone did this that I interviewed. No one held back. No one was like, you know, I figured I would ask these questions about like, how did you get that guest or how do you make money or how do you make like all of the things? And then if someone felt uncomfortable, I could edit it out or whatever. But no one did. Everyone was really open to share because I think they knew that the people listening to this weren't listening to it to like, you know, exploit, you know, the behind the scenes of a podcast, but really because they wanted to know and they wanted to create something and this knowledge was important. So that's, that's what they get. And then also there's a contest associated with it. So people actually have incentive to complete the workshop because I know I've signed up for so many online workshops and I, that's why I was so resistant to make one and sell one. Cause I was just like, Oh my God, everyone has one. Everyone has like 12. And, but with this, I think people will actually do it because there's a nine month period. And then people can submit to me a clip from their podcast or an episode from their podcast. And I'm choosing one that will get to air on my feed. And, you know, I have a bunch of listeners and so they'll get to, you know, get my audience to hear their episode and, you know, hopefully come hit the ground running when, when they launch their podcast. So yeah, I'm excited about it. It's, it's, it's been really cool. You're so sweet. Just Love paying that it concept. forward. Wow. To quote Mariah. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is so exciting. And we'll have a link. Does the does the podcast, so this session closes out pretty soon and then you'll be offering, doing a fall offering? Is that correct? Yes, exactly. So people can sign up at any time, but we are, depending on when this comes out, we are in session, or right now, the day we're recording this, we're in session right now until... This is the first week and then it's eight weeks. And then when people want to join, they can sign up and it will launch again in early October. So, you know, sign up now if you want to like hold your spot or you can sign up in October and you guys have a, like a mad discount code for people oh. um, where they can save a hundred dollars. So, wow. We'll find that email and put it out into the world. Yeah. Um, well, thank you so much, Katie. Let's just shout out your book, Let It Out, A Journey Through Journaling, which no big deal has afforded by Gabrielle Bernstein. Bernstein. So obviously you've been inducted into the spiritual community by one of the queens <laughs> herself. Yeah, you've been, um, what, what's her thing? It's spiritual. What's, I forget her. So you're a fan? No, 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 but spirit junkie. There you go. Spirit junkie. I was going to say, you are a real spirit junkie, my friend. Yes. Blessed by the spirit junkie queen herself. (laughs) 
I guess so. I I remember Elizabeth like years ago. I saw a YouTube video of you with her doing her closet. Yeah. Oh so I my used God. to have a web series back <sighs> in the day from Closet Rich that I, I still really love this concept so much as I went into like different luminaries, that was the word I used, uh, closets <laughs> and kind of went through their personal history based on different like fun pieces in their closet. It was so cool. It and was then, my favorite theory. And then oh we my would God, pull, that's so funny. And then we would pull an item from their closet to, or a few items from their closet to sell on a separate eBay site that then, and the proceeds went to a charity of their choice. So it got to kind of like tell a cool history through fashion of their lives and then also shine a spotlight on a cause that meant something to them. It was really fun. And Gabby was, was the first interview. You know what? You yourself are a luminary. Oh my goodness. Thank you. Likewise, my friend. <laughs> you really are. You oh. both are. Aw, you I, too. I love you guys so much. I just think you guys are a delight and I I love your show and I love your old show, clearly. I am I am a fan. Oh, thank you. <laughs> but did you watch Funny Girls? <laughs> That's the question. That's the true fandom. <laughs> She's Wait, like, Wait, what huh? is, No, it didn't. What, have I missed something? That was Steph's reality show that came out in 2015. Yes. What? Um, is available this for streaming? Uh, oh, you can, great. I think you have to like get a season pass on iTunes. It's not okay, for well, free. So I would do that for you, Steph. Oh, that's really that. catch up with what I was struggling with three <laughs> and a half to four years ago. <laughs> uh, a lot of journaling got me through being on a reality show. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> reality show tools. Oh my god! Yeah, but your next there, book is there Katie. a tool <laughs> in your book about how to deal with that uh, when your Shoot, identity splits? Not. I wish we had been friends then, and I would have like given you a custom Amazing. one. Oh my god! Yeah, next time I make a terrible decision, I'll come to you. That's beautiful. Please do. Please do. <laughs> I will start that that business idea you gave me of, of journaling one on one with people. I honestly really think that's a good idea because you're not really doing anything besides just holding space and like giving people permission to share the things that they're thinking and feeling and really point out what's worth going deeper into. That's kind of what I wish I had sometimes, which is why I do like going back into my old journals because yeah. I feel like I look at it as an outsider. And I'm like, oh, like that's the thing I needed to go into and actually explore as opposed to like continuing down this line of thinking. I think that's like what a good therapist can do. New concept. Yeah. I mean, yeah, just, just that, a thought. that is really interesting. I think that there, I think we're on to something. If people want this, yeah, hit us know, up. Let me know. Yeah. HMU. Ask Katie, ask Falcon. <laughs> awesome. All right, Katie, thank you so, so much. Um, we will talk to you soon. Yes. I feel like Can't. we're ending a call. This has been great. I know. <laughs> Next time you're in LA, please come here. Yes. Yes. I can't wait to. I haven't met you guys in person yet, so I really can't we're just wait. internet friends. Yeah, but look we at will, how it beautiful. will happen someday. Awesome. Thanks so much. Thank you guys. Yes, that's a retrograde. So I'm a big journaler, as you know, Elizabeth. I do know, and I really love to make it into a ritual for myself where I cozy up get my journal out, put some good tunes on and make get myself cozy. a warm beverage. Ooh. I hunker down. Hunker. And one of my favorite beverages to dance with in the journaling space is Four Sigmatic Lion's Mane Coffee. As you may recall, yes. we had Taro, the founder of Four Sigmatic. We basically discovered him. Truman himself yep. on episode 68 of That's So Retrograde entitled The Situation Shroom. Ugh. And I'm not going to lie, 
We're good. Our titles. We're so good. Still light up my soul. It's true. We really put thought into that. Absolutely. Um, so we were turned on to this brand back in the day. Yeah. And season one. Season one. So retrograde. Mm-hmm. And I've been using it ever since. Excited to say that we're still shrooming. Yeah. I am high as fuck. What's your current favorite for your beverages, I asked. Okay, two things I love. Mm-hmm. I love the coffee with the lion's mane. Yes. I like it in the to-go packets to take with me. And then also you can buy it just like as a coffee in a bag. Yeah. Ground up. And I put it in my French press. And then I have like my pot throughout That's the day. Yeah, I love that. And then I also I'm a big new fan of one of their newer products, which is the chai. It's so fucking good. I haven't tried that one yet. I feel like it's so hard to find a good chai because I love the flavor of chai, but normally if it's just a tea bag, it doesn't pop for me enough. And then normally the powders are like really sugary, sugary and definitely have like a dairy component to them. And as we know, dairy is scary. Sure is, sister. So they fucking killed it, knocked it out of the park with their chai. And it's just so convenient. You literally open the packet, pour it in your cup, pour some hot water in it, maybe throw a little coconut milk on top of it. And you're just living the coziest Live life. Best. Yeah. I will say my favorite currently mm-hmm. is the mushroom blend that comes in the tin. Okay. Oh, the superfood. So, yeah. So mm-hmm. I'm adding that to my morning coffee concoction Ooh. along with the peptides. Yes. And the coconut milk. This is what I do. MCT oil. Yes. Delish. I mean, honestly, our coffee game right now is so on point. Like, so elevated. It's with peptides, with Four Sigmatic, with MCT oil. Mine has a little kasha fiber in it. I mean, it's like a meal. I'm making a meal of my coffee. <laughs> a meal with the coffee. Yeah. And a practice to go along with it that we learned about today, which is lovely in mm-hmm. itself. Um, and for all our listeners who are like, hmm, mushrooms, I'd like to do that. Mm-hmm. You can head over to Four Sigmatic. That's F O U R S I G M A T I C dot com slash T S R. Yes. Then use promo code T S R. Yes. For fifteen percent off your purchase. Guys, Namaste Shruman. Yes, that's a retrograde. Okay, so the results are in, and we're gonna go, Dear Falcon. Okay, love I it. think I'm feeling it's Dear written Falcon, and, and so it is written. So it is. So we're going to go, we're going to, Elizabeth, guys, we're working this out. So Elizabeth is going to read me the question and I'm going to sit here with open palms and channel my answer okay. as Falcons do. But did I say open palms? I meant open wings. And open heart. <laughs> okay. So do I just read the bottom part where it gets to the question or do we do the I whole I think background? the whole thing. Okay. <clears throat> <clears throat> Hi ladies. Hello. So I recently graduated from college. Congratulations. Since about January of 2017, I've been dealing with depression, I'm which sorry. I started psychiatric and psychological treatment for at the beginning of last summer. Okay. Long story short, I got my shit together, got an internship and graduated with a degree in advertising. Great. Mazel mazel. Yes. Now I am a graduated young woman of 23. And while my depression is managed, Mm -hmm. I wouldn't exactly say I'm in high spirits often. Okay. Usually my mood is pretty flat. Okay. But I exercise and eat well and generally feel pretty good. That's good. Point of the entire question. Yes. I am sleeping with two different guys right now. Hard right turn. One who I met during college and one who I've known since I was 14. Okay. The guy I met during college might want to date and I'm getting nervous. Okay. Can I even date with depression? Okay. Or should I just stick to casual safe sex since I feel comfortable and with both of them? I don't know. Okay. Anyway, love you and your show so much. Love the question. First name? Uh, Autumn. 
Autumn. Okay, hi, Autumn. Thanks so much for entrusting Falcon with your question. She appreciates it. Falcon loves it. Um, my first question to your question is, when you say you're managing your depression with psychiatric and psychological care, I would be curious to what that looks like. Um, I've been someone who's been medicated for depression in the past, and I definitely experienced flat mood because I was taking a medication that wasn't allowing me to experience the uh, depth of color of my emotional spectrum. So that might be something to talk to your doctor about. I'm obviously not a, psycho a psychologist or a psychiatrist, but I definitely know that when I was on medications that made me feel sort of like blank inside, that was a, a red flag for me to maybe try something different or use less medication, more homeopathic things or yoga or meditation to sort of mitigate those things. So that's my first thing. Investigate what you're taking. Don't over-medicate yourself. I'm not saying don't use the medication, but if you don't feel like alive and excited, that's something to look into. Second part. Part two. The sleeping with people thing. Now, uh, I think... Uh, of course you can date with depression. Many, many people have depression and are in relationships. And I would also uh, offer this bit of advice, which is that potentially having a deep connection with someone could help alleviate some of your depression by sharing intimately and lovingly with someone that you trust. Uh, definitely don't sleep with anyone that's not lighting your fire 100%. If it's not something that's feeling good for you, fucking back the fuck out of there for sure and don't be afraid to let someone down because just because someone likes you doesn't mean that you have to like that a just lot more people they're hard for you doesn't mean you have to have sex with them a hundred percent wish someone told me that <laughs> wish, wish i figured that out sooner <laughs> yeah there's gonna be way more people that want to fuck you than you want to fuck as a woman in this world um so i guess don't be scared just quiet down, tune into your intuition. And if it feels like something that is calling to you, take the leap and try it out. And no one's forcing you into a contract that you can't get out of. So if you start dating this person and it's not what you feel like is right for you, you can always just use your amazing skills of communication and be like, this isn't working for me. Well said. And so try it out. First edition, Dear Falcon, in the bag, and I am you like lit it? by it. <laughs> I love it so much. I hope that helps, Autumn. We heard for you, and we love you. We love you. Thanks for the question. Mm -hmm. Okay, so two lady baby topics to cover today. Gotten two questions, one of which for a jade roller wreck. We've talked about jade rolling oh, yeah. on the show, and as I have learned from personal experience as a lot of feedback that I'm getting from listeners. There's a lot of shoddy product out there. Didn't you even break one? One broke and my soul broke with it. Sad. Um, I did find have found one that holds up pretty well. It's okay. a little bit more expensive than the $10 offering from Amazon. But Energy Muse, our friends over there, have a great oh. sturdy jade roller. Wow. I will say it doesn't have a two-sided. My, my old one that broke had like a tiny roller and a bigger one. But the whole wand is jade. And so I use the end of it. I put it under my eyes and that cools it without rolling, just kind of resting What's the it. price of it? I want to say it's like $30. Okay, well, but look, something you pay for what you get. Exactly. And sometimes you need to pay a little more to get a good product. Exactly. So Energy Muse, great one. And then this question came through. Elizabeth, you've talked a bit about trying Botox. Mm. Oh, have I? <laughs> I'm curious whether 
where you've continued that upkeep and how that experience has been for you. I would love to hear everything about it. I'm 28 and just realized I have a little forehead wrinkles from my resting concerned face and I'm super Botox curious. Because of the state of the world? I understand the concerned face and I understand the bow curiousness of it all. And mm-hmm. here's my tip. I didn't start doing it till I was 30. And I, but I think, you know, whatever floats your boat, I don't think there's anything. I I like to remove the stigma of like people doing stuff to their face because Mm -hmm. I think when you feel great and you feel uh, like you look your best, you approach the world that way. And so I think that's a worthy investment Mm -hmm. in finding your Botox practitioner. I think don't go on Groupon. Don't, don't go on Groupon. So I say, here's my tips. Um, Ask someone who you think who looks good. Yeah. That's the first and foremost. I found my person through a uh, woman who's in her 50s who looked amazing, who just looked like a million bucks fresh. You couldn't tell from her face. You weren't like, oh, she's had this, this, and the other thing done. She just looked healthy and beautiful. Find the nearest woman whose forehead isn't moving and talk to them. (laughs) And so so that's how I found my current doctor. And that really helps. And then if you don't have anybody in your circle who you look to that you're uh, inspired by their uh, lack of lines on their face, head over to Yelp, but make sure that that Yelp, they don't have like a Yelp promo because then they're in cahoots with Yelp to have higher reviews. Right. So you just need to find... Ooh, that's a good hack. Yeah. So you need to make sure that it's a genuine uh, interface and not something that's paid. But I really think the best uh, way is talking to somebody who's had it done, who had a good experience. I personally, when I I had a really bad one the first time. and But luckily it goes away. It's you not the end of the world. rather surprised. I looked, I looked uh, very, yes, surprised <laughs> often. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, and, you know, that's the thing. But I think, you know, I as much as I love it, I think it's in, it's hold off as long as you can. That's my advice. too. But I do love a smooth forehead. But so also no if it's something that's really bothering you, go Nip for it in it. the bud. Yeah. Because preventative like, bow, as I say, preventative bow, there's nothing better than just feeling your best. Yeah. Because then you just act your best and. Then you're the best. And that's been our first round of How to Lady Baby. How do we do? We love it. Yay. Oh, we love this episode so much. We're going to do a giveaway for Katie's book. Oh, yes. Um, if you want to just leave a review on iTunes, please. And then head over to our Instagram. Let us know what your favorite part of the episode was. I feel bad because I didn't get to the last part of Autumn's thing. Oh, what's that? She just said, should I stick to casual safe sex since I feel comfortable with both of them? I don't know. And this, I know we're going back. That's fine. But I do just want to say, from my own experience, and I feel like you've also had this, I've done this casual thing because I didn't want to deal with my own truth. And I would just ask for you to go internally and ask yourself if that's what you're doing. If it's serving right. you. Like what's the motivation what's behind the motivation it? And and really like examining your own internal truth and have a dialogue with yourself about that. If it's super serving you and that's and you like to have it that way, go for yeah. it. But if it's something where you're like avoiding intimate connections and really like deepening that, then maybe that's problematic. And not to discount anything though, but I really feel like that's what your 20s are for. Totally. Like, explore Get a few notches on the belt. Yeah, but you know that we both have been in situations in our 20s where we weren't 100% comfortable and we didn't have the 
tools tools or the strength of self to speak our truth and we created drama and sadness for ourselves instead of just being like straightforward internally therefore being straightforward externally so true so well done that's that anyways back to what you were saying let us know your favorite part of our first ever bonus episode head over to our instagram page let us know you'll be entered to win katie's book and i'm elizabeth cott i'm stephanie falcon simbari namaste listening We'd like to give thanks to Four Sigmatic for helping this show happen today. Without your mushroom coffee, I wouldn't know what to do when I woke up in the morning. Head over to foursigmatic.com slash TSR. Use promo code TSR. Get 15% off your purchase. Yes, that's a retrograde.